Hello, everybody. My name is Craig Para, and this is Sex Addictions and Porn Afflictions. I am a life coach working with clients all over the world, elevating the disease-based model to help you embrace your power of choice. So honored that you're here. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, and here's what I need you to do. You need to start talking to yourself. You need to start responding to that voice in your head. I want you to think about that for a second. Sounds a little crazy, right? Yes. To be crystal clear, you need to start talking to yourself. Let me share with you a story, put this in perspective, because this technique had and continues to have a huge impact on my clients, my practice. It's responsible for driving significant results fast. So early in my recovery, I was running an errand. It was a low point. I didn't have a job. There was no chance of having a job. And my car was a freaking mess. I drove a 2000 Mercedes E420 gas guzzling machine and it, my father gave it to me and my dad was meticulous about taking care of cars. In this car, there were cigarette butts all over the place, ashes everywhere, cigarette burns. I was smoking like a chimney. Garbage piled up maybe a foot high in the passenger seat. And I decided to clean up my car. Felt good. I was going to sell it. Um, and, and, and there was a little voice that started to trigger because uh, very, very early in my recovery, um, I realized that I was so cavalier with my drugs that little flakes and pieces would fall down between the cracks. And with a tweezer, I could pick them up and I could get high all over again. So there was a time, and yes, I sunk to such a low place. I was snorting drugs um, off my car seat and off the floor of the car, right? Just to put this in perspective for you. But as I'm cleaning my car, oh my gosh, I saw a bag peeking out. I found a bag of cocaine in my seat. Oh my God. I was so, so excited. It went from, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to be the best version of myself. I'm going to embrace my power of choice, dude. Let's get high, motherfucker. Like in a matter of seconds. And that voice in my head, that's like, man, listen, it's just going to make you feel better. Just do it. Drugs aren't your main problem. Your main problem is the sex. And it felt like there was someone else talking to me. And it was at that time in therapy where I was learning this technique called subpersonalities and, and this voice dialogue technique. So I started to talk back to that voice, like just have a conversation. And I want you, as you're listening, to think about that voice in your head. So I started to talk back and like, is that a good idea? Um, 
it's it, it, it's is that gonna make you better is that really what you're looking for do you really think that drugs aren't a problem you did spend a few days in impatient and um and at first too and i'm kind of sugarcoating it but my response to that part of myself was pretty aggressive what the fuck are you thinking you stupid son of a bitch like that's just the voice dialogue that I was having in my head. I'm just being honest with you guys. I know some of you don't like cursing, and I'm sorry, but it is what it is. And it was an aggressive response. And before I knew it, there was this part of me that's having a conversation. And it was in that moment that I realized that there was a little kid inside who was numbing, coping, and escaping, and there was no way that sniffing those few lines of coke was ever going to meet my needs on a long-term basis. I stood up, I opened the bag, and like in this symbolism, it was like a, like a scene in the movie, and I just like dust in the wind, let this little bag just drift away. And it was such a great moment for me, I saw that that addict that addict part of myself, this big, badass, give me the drugs, give me the sex, fuck the world, I can do whatever I want, complete selfishness, can't be controlled, is, was in fact, that little boy. That little boy was abused, touched. And that little boy who needed something, he was numbing, coping, and escaping. I saw the mask that addict was wearing. He wasn't a badass. He wasn't a scumbag. He wasn't a piece of shit. He was, in fact, a part of myself, my inner child, this younger version of myself. You know, the drugs and the sex is what he thought he needed to cope. That's how this part of myself, I'm talking to myself in the third person, um, that part of myself, he thought that's what he needed. There's this part of myself where he thought that that was he was needed, but it's not. He needed love. He needed connection. He needed empathy. He needed support. In that moment, he didn't need drugs. And I knew that there was another way, and I exposed that mask that addict was wearing. And I, was, I exposed that mask that addict was wearing, and I was able to see um, a much, much deeper part of myself. I had done therapy for years up until this point, but that simple conversation with that part of myself showed that behind this big bad person, this dirty, disgusting piece of crap, this badass rebel, woo, leather jacket, tattoos, rock on, acting out, selfish, was a little child. He didn't need drugs. He didn't need sex. He needed another way. And if he had a numb, cope, and escape, how to do that in a healthy way? He needed love and connection. And so, so you need to start talking to yourself. You need to start talking to that voice in your head. And listen, here's another place where this voice shows up all the time. So picture the scene. I'm sitting there at dinner. This could be last week. This could be last month. This happens all the time today. That voice doesn't go away, brothers, just so you know. I'm sitting there at dinner, knock over a cup of water. First thought in my head was, you piece of shit. 
you clumsy idiot, you moron. And, 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 and this was this little thing, right? Big deal. But I started to engage that part of myself. And what did I see? I saw a broken little boy who made mistakes and was punished, who was a bad boy. And then guess what? With that belief system, that sweet little innocent moment of like just self-deprecating, crapping all over myself because I just knocked over a cup of water, well, that set in motion a belief system that caused me to numb, cope, and escape again and again and again. So these little things aren't little. You need to start responding to that voice in your head for everything. Challenge that part of yourself. That part of you is called a sub-personality. The exercise that you're going to use is called voice dialogue. You're going to talk to yourself. Now listen, I know what you're thinking. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, this is crazy. This sounds like schizophrenic. I'm not one of these people. I'm not one of these crazy people. This guy is literally asking me to talk to myself. That sounds nuts. I get it. And when I first did it, I thought it was stupid. I had a client last week said, this is silly, man. I just want to let you know. I said, just be patient. You paid me. You get a money back guarantee. Let's see where this goes. But here's the reality. That voice in your head right now, you are listening to it. It is clearly a separate and distinct part of yourself that has separate wants, needs, desires, and objectives. So who is that part of you? Where did that part of you come from? And most importantly, what does that part of you need? And for the record, clients have called this technique, clients have equated this technique to three weeks of therapy, three months of therapy, and in even some cases, years of therapy, because you start to experience the events through the lens of that part of you. So how do you do it? How do you do it, right? Let's do it together. Let's do it together. We'll find a place where you've got a few minutes of time. Just take five minutes, just so we can introduce this concept, right? Find a quiet place. I want you to visualize the addict. I want you to visualize that part of you. Here's caveat number one. I think there's a number two, but this is definitely number one. Caveat number one is you may be tempted to demonize that part of yourself. If you are, let it come, but just recognize that 99 out of 100 people who do this exercise end up seeing their addict as a younger version of themselves, an inner child, so to speak. So don't demonize that little kid. Don't do it. Don't do it. It is unhealthy. It is deconstructive. And it is harmful. That part of you needs love, compassion, empathy, support, motivation, a kick in the ass but certainly does not need to be shamed and demonized. So give yourself three minutes and picture a light, a chair in front of you, a light shining down on that chair, and you are in a room where it is safe. This is the safest place that you've ever, ever been in. The safest place that you've ever, ever been in. 
whatever attributes of safety are there. You are comfortable. And let me say this. Here is caveat number two. When we do this exercise in my one-on-one -on -one work, I am literally on call for my guys because this exercise gets heavy for some men and it gets heavy fast because some of you who are listening to this have experienced trauma of a child as a child that would make a grown man cry. I get it, brother. You and me both. So this gets real, real heavy. So find a safe place. Have a friend that you can reach out to if you're one of the people who this exercise, boom, punches in the gut and just tears you wide open. For the overwhelming majority of people, it creates an awakening, no doubt very difficult, brings up lots of painful things. But you need to create that safety. So make sure this opens up something in you that hasn't been touched before. For example, a client recently learned, remembered for the first time that he had been touched as a kid through this exercise. That means he had suppressed this event for 43 years. And this exercise brought it up. So if that's you, make sure you've got a support network in place because this can get real, real heavy, real, real fast. So picture addict. What does he look like? What is he wearing? What's his energy? Is he scared? Is he happy? Is he apathetic? Does he think this whole thing is stupid? But start to see and connect with that part of you. And you're gonna ask him some questions, so let's do it. I'm gonna talk to my addict right now. And I'm sorry, guys, my addict is absolutely insane, this poor little kid. I says and thinks all sorts of crazy things, so I'm just gonna be as real as I possibly can. And while that may offend you, um, it may also create a culture of safety where you have freedom to express those thoughts in your head. Because you gotta bring that part of you out of the darkness controlling your subconscious into the light. And that's what we're doing by having a voice dialogue with our subpersonality that we've named addict. So addict, it's time to come out again. I want to start with this question, and this question is designed to illuminate where did you come from? Root cause, family of origin, input equals output. Addict, there's no energy in the universe lost. My behavior needs to be explained somehow, and I think you can help me do that. Where did you come from? Addict, where did you come from? My addict sometimes responds, and what he's thinking right now is, fuck you. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's too painful. Stop using me for financial gain and exploiting me. By pimping me out to your audience and exposing me. That's just, just a thought that he's having. That's okay. I don't attach to them. Addict, you're a part of me and I love you very much. Where did you come from? I came from a place where first experience with the universe, you were, I was given away. 
I was put up for adoption, cast away like a piece of garbage. I was adopted into a home whose parents did the best they could, loved them dearly, but the typical for most of us, shame-based sexuality. And there I was playing doctor with the older neighborhood kid. I think I was 13 before the first time that I was anally penetrated. Having blowjobs, watching porn, jerking off, having fun, but inside feeling dark, lonely, full of shame and disgust. And so what we did is we continued to numb, cope, and escape by do, to get away from the disgust. Craig, we just kept doing it over and over and again. Before you know it, I became this demon inside you. I became this dark force that drove your behavior. I became that voice in your head telling you to move closer to the darkness, move deeper into that dark place. And uh, until we fucked everything up together, fired, impatient, lost a job. Same thing as being fired. Almost lost my wife and kids. Whoo! All of you are gonna have a story around where this part of you come from, but there's another question that it is absolutely critical for me to talk about. Absolutely critical. And that next question is, hey, addict, what do you need? What do you need? Now, just a footnote, right? All of these, the, the, these, we all have these different parts of ourselves. And remember this, all of your negative behavior is a function of your unmet needs. I wanna say that again because it's that important. All of your negative behavior is a function of your unmet needs. So why don't we ask this part of ourselves, what in fact does he need? How can he, how can we mature this part of ourselves? How can we grow this part of ourselves? How can we evolve this part of ourselves and get our needs met in a healthy, constructive way? You can't until you know what they are. So let's ask them, what do you need? I need to feel proud. I need to feel good about myself. I need to do something fun, man. All you do is work. You work your job 12 hours a day. You come home, you hate your life. You're not exercising. You're not doing yoga. You're not doing anything that you say you love to do. Of course we're gonna numb, cope, and escape, man. Your life sucks. Our life sucks. Help me. Make it better. I need to be... Um, I need to, I need, I, I need to stop keeping secrets. That's what I need. I need to be free. I finally want to be free. So a little conversation that my addict and I said, we're going to start a podcast just like this one. And we're going to share everything, everything. We're going to tell everybody. First it was anonymously, but I couldn't live in that dark space anymore. Yeah, I've been to glory holes. Yes, I've had sex with lots of different people. Yes, I've watched copious amounts of porn. Yes, I've used drugs. So when I walked out of inpatient, addict and I had a little, little conversation, or I didn't realize even what I was doing then, but I said to myself, 
I said to that part of me that I am never, ever, 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 ever coming back to this place. I don't care what it is. I don't care if I've got to dedicate my life to self-help, but I am never, ever, ever coming back to this place. Little did I know, <laughs> little did I know where it would take me. Truly blessed, truly honored. So what does, what do you need? How do we move forward together? So think about it. So when I first had this conversation with myself about the finding the cocaine in the Jeep, I didn't have the formal structure that I have now, but I knew that wasn't what I needed. When I knocked over the cup of water and that voice in my head is screaming at me that I'm a clumsy piece of shit idiot, right? What did I need? And that moment, I needed some assurance. Like, hey, hold on, a little perspective here. You knocked over a cup of water. Big deal. I needed awareness around how negative that vocal MP3 track that was playing in my head really, really is. I needed to elevate my awareness around that part of myself. I had to know where this part of me came from and what this part of me needs. So you need to start talking to yourself. And so I want you to really, really, really give yourself some time to first bring awareness to that voice in your head. Think about that voice in your head. Leverage your ability to compartmentalize, because if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a gift of compartmentalization. Who? Who are you? Who is this part of myself? This compartment that you put an aspect of your personality into that's calling the shots when you are hungry, angry, lonely, tired, bored, exhausted, uh, frustrated, annoyed, defensive, angry, like just blah, blah, blah. happy, right? Triggers come when you're good for me and triggers come when they're bad. So instead of trying to push away. Instead of demonizing this part of yourself, instead of trying to kill, sever, excise this part of yourself, do the exact opposite. Bring him in. Bring him or her closer. Take them out of the darkness into the light. Expose this aspect of your personality which is a sub-personality. And talking to yourself isn't going to make you crazy. It is going to drive you sane. It is going to drive you sane. I want you to think about that. So, now we want to move into the question and answer component of this program and because I, I want to answer your question. And by the way, if you have a question, you can email support at themindfulhabit.com, put question in the title for podcast, and send it along. I would absolutely love to answer your questions. Here is the question for today. Dear Craig, I get insanely defensive when my partner keeps asking me questions. She repeats the same questions 
over and over again. None of my answers are good enough. I have absolutely no idea what to do. Please help. So just to put this situation in perspective, I know the person who sent me this question, and he has cheated on his wife. He has watched copious amounts of pornography. They are in the disclosure phase. And let me tell you something about disclosure, brothers. Make it fast. Vomit. Blah. Throw it up. Throw it up. The longer you dribble it out, contrary to what you may have read online, only makes it worse. Only makes it worse. When your partner is asking you these questions, when your partner is saying terrible things to you, when your partner is angry, and when your partner is saying angry, hateful things to you, it's very easy to fall into the same patterns that brought you to this place, getting defensive, responding with aggression, shutting down. But that is the worst thing that you can do. That is only going to make things worse. So using this subpersonality exercise, I want you now to write down on a piece of paper, as best you can, define the subpersonality of your wife or your partner who blowing a gasket and layer, you know, pounding you like questions, like you know, like she's Barry Sheck. The lawyer from the OJ case. Boom, boom, boom. You're getting pounded left, right, forward, back, email, text. It's coming again and again and again. What you need to do is to understand who, who's asking the questions, right? Because is it the bitch partner who just, who just can't move on? No, that's probably not it. And even if there is an element of that, embracing that belief system certainly isn't going to make it any better. You need to translate. You need to translate her words. When she says, I hate you, I hope you die, you thank your lucky stars that she still gives a shit and is responding to you and cares. Because let me tell you something, brother. When your partner isn't responding... When your partner doesn't care, when they've like, there's ah, flat line, do whatever you want. I'm done. It's over. Mostly. That's a very, very, very bad sign. So when she's jumping all over you, or at least that's how you perceive it, who's jumping all over you? So through that exercise, through that subpersonality exercise, you do it for her. Who is it? I hate you means I'm really scared and I'm so angry and hurt and depressed and I don't know which way is up and which way is down. I don't know who to trust. I thought the sky was blue. Now you're telling me it's green. I don't even know who my husband is or who my boyfriend is or who my fiance is. When you get the 50 question, did you do this? Did you do that? What are you watching? Where are you going? Where were you? What took you so long? Right, and you feel you've got a subpersonality of an inner child who doesn't want to be controlled, right? But what's going on with her? Where are you? Where have you been? Why didn't you get back to me? What are you looking at? You know what she's saying? She's saying, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm afraid. I feel insecure. So I have to exercise control. I have to know, and of course she has to know, because you've got to put yourself in a place. 
You have got to put yourself in a place where you want to make her feel safe. So using this subpersonality exercise that we talked about today, you've got a couple of opportunities. Number one, use it on yourself. Who is this part of you that gets defensive? And 99 times out of 100, every time she starts asking you questions, you make it worse. If you were making it better, we wouldn't be having this discussion. You wouldn't be as listening as intently as you are right now. You're making it worse. You have got to translate. First, understand who that part of you is. Well, there's a little boy who doesn't want to be controlled, who feels like he's being treated like a child. Why do you treat someone like a child? Why do you treat your children like a child? Because you're, you care and you don't think they know better. Right? And a lot of times they don't. So if you're in a place where you just got busted and you just got your spot blew up because you're doing all sorts of crazy things, maybe, just maybe, that extra, those queries, those questions uh, may, may, may help you. Because so it gives you an opportunity to understand that part of yourself. And while you can't make her do the exercise, you can, what do you know about your partner? What was her childhood like? What's her relationship with sexuality? What's her relationship? Was she abused? Did she experience any traumatic events? Is she insecure? Welcome to the human race, brother. So those angry words, those hateful words, number one, if, if, if she's hating on you, it generally means she still cares. Right, that's a good sign. I'm not saying it's pretty, but in terms of saving the relationship. Okay, number two, you have got to put yourself in a place where you can respond with kindness, compassion, empathy, sympathy, and love. Right, listen, here's what I do sometimes. I got a part of my subpersonality. He's called selfish guy. Selfish guy is a narcissistic-ish prick. He's really, really, really selfish. Doesn't, lacks empathy. Sometimes I just want peace and quiet. I just want Michelle to shut up. I'm not proud of that. I'm just telling you how it is. So let's start dealing in reality. So when I go, hey, subpersonality, selfish guy, what do you want? You want peace and quiet? Well, well, get it. Selfish guy knows if I say something, anything other than something that's compassionate, kind, loving, empathetic, uh, sweet, nice, this five-minute conversation is now five hours. And if I screw that up, it's now five days. So Selfish Guy helps me create that bridge, helps me translate when I'm communicating with my partner. So there's a really, really, really powerful way for you in that engagement that you're having with her to, number one, to elevate your awareness around yourself where did this part of you come from? And what does this part of you need? And you get to do it for her so you can better, better translate. And of course, listen to my last two podcasts about creating space. So you know, you've got to start talking to yourself. You've got to talk to that voice inside your head. As Viktor Frankl said, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space lies our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Respond well, respond better using 
the concept of subpersonalities and the voice dialogue technique. Thank you so much for listening. Please email me any questions that you have at support at themindfulhabit.com. Next week, we are going to talk about one of my most favorite subjects and, in fact, one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful concepts that I teach. It had a profound impact on my life, and it is, lies at the foundation, the cornerstone of the Mindful Habit System, and I look forward to sharing that with you. Again, this is Craig Perra from Sex Addictions and Porn Afflictions. Love you all. Thank you for your support. Have a wonderful, no, make it a wonderful day. The actions you take is the life you have.